Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jimmy Scott Fitness Podcast. We're doing a show coming to you on this Sunday, July the 11th, 2021. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. Today's episode, we are going to touch on the halfway point of 2021. We're already halfway through the year. Goals, resolutions, random thoughts, Q&A, and just throw a bunch of stuff together to hopefully make you guys kick ass the rest of the new week here. Before I jump into the episode, reminder, we do have a free supplement guide if you guys are interested in picking that up. We kind of walk through all the things that I use, we use, and that we believe in. Uh, so if you're interested, just message us and we can get you the link, download it, and it's 100% yours for free. And with that, uh, we throw a ton of stuff from my friends at JLab Pro over there. These are the people we use for our protein powder, our krill oil, our turmeric, our collagen. We always have discount codes in the protein, which is sweetened with stevia, easy on the stomach. That's why I take it. Uh, the collagen, we always have a unique discount code for all of you Jeremy Scott Fitness people. And then throughout the year, they do probably five to 10 unique sales. And the site is jeremyscottfitness.jlabpro.com if you want to check it out um, and kind of read over everything that they offer. But I've known Jay for a long time, good dude, and uh, happy to work with him because we believe in the products. I wouldn't take them myself if I didn't, but that's all in our supplement guide as well. And the podcast is brought to you by my homies at Beam CBD, the site beamtlc.com. This is the sleep product I take to go to sleep. I take it about five or six nights per week. The dream product is the name of it specifically, 20 milligrams of nano CBD. There's melatonin in there. It's not habit forming. You don't wake up feeling groggy. They lab test it. There is no THC in it, so you will not get high, but you will fall asleep and you will stay asleep. Uh, I can't really go through my day just being a zombie. I'm not you know, 22 years old anymore, I have to be rested. And uh, it's helped me a ton. That's why I take it. And I've tried other things in the past that are harsher. And you wake up feeling like, you know, you're in a different dimension, if you will. And I don't ever feel that with this stuff. So if you guys are interested, the site beamtlc.com, the code is Jeremy Scott for 35% off all subscriptions, 20% off all products, or we still have probably 50 sample packs here in the office. And uh, if you message us, Monaco will send you a couple packs to try for free. You can check it out. And if you dig it, then get hooked up with all the free stuff. Honestly, they have a ton of products on there. The tinctures, the salves, Heather uses uh, those things a lot more than I do. But all their stuff is great. Uh, we've had the founders on the podcast, good dudes, and uh, happy to work with them. And last but not least, Athletic Greens. You guys already know it's the one thing I take every single day. I never miss it. Uh, I travel with it everywhere I go. I always have the travel packs with me. We always have some here in our office. I'm a person who struggles to eat enough greens uh, in my life, especially when I eat one meal a day. Even if I eat two, there's no way I'm going to have five servings of greens at each meal and five servings of fruit. As amazing as that sounds, uh, I just can't handle that in terms of digestion and feeling right and just with a busy normal schedule and I can't imagine for you people who travel for work have kids it's really a struggle to get all your micronutrients in and who wants to take 15 different pills nobody does basically athletic greens solves that problem you take it throw it in maybe six to eight ounces of cold water slam it and you're good to go it's by far the best tasting greens on the planet that is why I like it and micronutrient wise nothing else can mess with it they pack that thing full of so many micros vitamins and minerals you guys are good to go for the day. Still eat real food, but if you can't eat everything, this is the thing you throw into your life. If you want to try it, 
athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott. We can get you guys a year's supply of free vitamin D. So a whole year's worth, 100% for free, and five free travel packs with order number one. And if you're really on the fence, message us however you can. And I'll have Monica send a pack to you. You can try it. And you'll know I'm not full of shit because it does actually taste as good as they say it does. Then you guys can get hooked up with all the free stuff. It's just an easy way for you guys not to miss the vital things you need to be at your optimal health. There's a probiotic in there as well, which is awesome for all of you guys. Biotint, zinc, all the important things for your immune system, digestion. They even say brain function, which Lord knows I need as much of that as possible. So if you're interested, hit me up. Otherwise, the site, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott, and you can get hooked up with all the free stuff. Done. Good job. Thank you. (laughs) Heather is here on the podcast today as we're going to talk about kind of being through the mid-year, what's been going on with us, what the last year and a half has been like, Q&A, answering your questions, and just kind of just shooting the shit with all of you guys. So here she is. Hi. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Uh, So yeah, halfway point through the year, which I pulled up on Google, which is actually July the 2nd on most calendar years, which would make it the 183rd day of a 365-day calendar year. Yeah, so we are well over. Over halfway. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Crazy. We were just talking about how it felt like. 2020 and the first half of 21 blurred together and it's just been still kind of strange but starting to feel normal for the most part yeah i've said there was gaps where and that time works this way anyway for everybody like when you hit if you do if you're a snooze person try not to hit the snooze but if you do that snooze time feels like two seconds it might be five minutes or seven minutes or nine minutes whatever your snooze is but it feels like it goes in two seconds but when you're doing something like a wall sit you know, two seconds feels like two years. And time is strange that way where it's, it's always going the same speed, but it's our perception of it. And during, you know, last year, 2020, there was times where a day felt like 10 years. Oh, yeah. Where it was just dragging. I'm like, when are we going to get through this nonsense? When is it going to be, and I would always use the phrase normal. When am I going to feel normal? <laughs> like when I was on furlough and I just felt like the, I would look at the clock and just watch the hours go by. And it was so slow. And then I'd go to bed so early because I was lying down and I just wanted the next day to come. Which is such a... (laughs) It's so sad. It's a terrible way to live your life if you're doing... You know there's a... I don't don't know. I'm not a a doctor. I don't know the clinical terms. I don't know if it's depression or what you call that. But it's like this, this sadness or this unhappiness you have where you're trying to fast forward a day of your life to get to the next day because it just you're kind of stuck in this purgatory of shit. That's mm-hmm. what I felt a lot of that year was. Yeah. And now I'm like, I just want everything to slow down. And I just, I can't believe it's, we had 4th of July already. And, you know, it's summer's going to be over before we know it. Yeah. It felt like it just was one like big two year blur. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of stuff. So I'm thankful I try to be positive about it. I really do. We definitely made the most of what we could do during like, that time. Somebody wrote, because we did a Q&A for Instagram, which we'll read a lot of them on this episode. And one of the guys was like, thanks for the Sunday events, Metcons. Uh, I've been sharing with all my friends. We do them like in our neighborhood garage workouts, like 10 of us come over to his house or whatever. Well, that's cool. And he's like, you know, at least one good thing came out of uh, 2020, which that is honestly true because I wouldn't, I don't think I'd ever done those. 
Right. I don't think you would ever have put that program together. No. Um, if it weren't for kind of feeling like forced to do something. Yeah, because we we do them. We've been doing them here for years with our group in house. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, these guys don't have access to an assault bike and a row and a ski. So what can I do with just dumbbells that they can do? And then selfishly, we can just share it with the world. And now we're, I don't know, a hundred weeks into this or something crazy. It's like. We've done like almost 90 some, I think. That's crazy. Yeah, they've done really well on Instagram and just people that want to utilize the free content and and do it every weekend. And just doing like 54 extra podcasts that I wouldn't have done, sending you guys, I don't know how much money I've spent sending Athletic Greens, but it is a lot. (laughs) Uh, And Beam and just mailing t-shirts and mailing everything out to people, uh, I don't think any of that would have happened if the the normal year would have just rolled, like if the gym would have just been crushing it and the podcast doing what it always does and the online business and everything. But I do try to take the positives from that and not dwell on the negatives of the last 18 months, if you will. 100%. And here we are. Yeah. And you finally got to go back to Minnesota after two years, being in your hometown, seeing some family and... Yeah, I that, know you touched on it on the last podcast, but I just got back too from a, a trip, so we hadn't really hung out. Um, we were busy this past week, and then yesterday we finally could <laughs> have some downtime in the pool. Which is nice, yeah. And it's, yeah. that's the one part that sucks is for you guys who haven't been able to travel and see family and do those things. Now it feels like it's like normal, almost. Yeah. Um, short of wearing a mask like on the airplane, mm-hmm. the rest of it is... It's busy as hell yeah. everywhere. Everywhere I went was like Mardi Gras. And even here in the gym, we basically do everything we've always done in the exact way we've always done it before, mm-hmm. which is cool. It took. Yeah, it feels so good. 18 months, but here we are. So there's, I always said that for all those episodes, if you go back and listen to the 2021s where I'm like, you know, we'll get through this shit. And yeah. I kept saying it, but I'm like. How long one, is this going to last? Keep going. Well, one percent of me is like, well, are we really going to get I know. Like, is this really just going to drag on forever? But no, now it feels, it feels good. And hopefully you guys are feeling the same thing. You're out, you're active, you're seeing people, you're doing things, you're living Go your travel. life. travel. I think, you know, once you start seeing other places, different states, or if you go visit outside of the country, uh, you'll start to feel like the world is getting back to where it needs to be (laughs) yes which is amazing yeah i was in lake tahoe and it was felt really normal it was completely packed every beach you know all these boats on the lake i had never been before and i absolutely fell in love um just couldn't get enough of it and i hadn't seen some of my family members in two years so it was emotional and it was like I had to prepare myself because I knew I'd get emotional. Um, I hadn't seen my two older nieces in two years, my brother-in-law, and it was just so special. It was kind of a random trip, so not my whole family could go um, because my younger sister just had a baby yesterday. So we have now four nieces, um, which is really exciting, and we'll all be together with my entire family at the end of July on the Oregon coast, and I can't wait for everyone to finally be in the same place at one time and it's been yeah two years so it was really special um I'm sure a lot of you know Lake Tahoe but I had no idea how beautiful it was going to be and 
it is just my type of place. Like paddle boarding every day, hiking. Um, you're in like an alpine lake. You have mountain ranges everywhere. We just swam. We wakeboarded. It was just so awesome. There's so many beautiful coves and um, just beach area that I had no idea existed like that. Yeah, you should buy a place there. Am I rubbing it in your face? You should buy, you should buy a place. It's, I think it's cheap to own a place oh, there. Oh, yeah, it's really cheap. Yeah. No, it looked cool, dude, for sure. Yeah, it was It was good. It was It was fun, and I, I definitely want to go back with you because you need to experience it as well. But I'm glad you got to go to Minnesota. It was important for you to be there for sure. Yes. But for you guys, obviously, listening, we're halfway through, you know, the year. And if you're a, a resolution person or a goals person – you know, I guess this is the time you check in and see like, how am I doing with those? Yeah. And I think most people are thinking right now, well, I know I made some, but shit, like mm-hmm. what, what even were they? And obviously like we have all the stats and, and this just goes in, you know, we'll talk hand in hand with people where they think, I hate the phrases of I'm falling behind uh, in life because people, usually younger people, and sometimes it's older, I don't want to, you know, discriminate here. But when you're 20, you'll say things like, well, well, in the time I'm 25, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. When I'm 30, I have to do this. When I'm 33, I have to do this. By the time... No, and- even us in our 30s. I mean, I know a lot of friends and even myself has felt like that recently. I think because of the pandemic, you felt like you were kind of robbed of time in a sense that you were, your life kind of was put on hold for a year and a half or two years or depending on your situation. Well, yeah, I mean, BJ... Gadur and I were talking on the phone. This is long, like during, like when the pandemic is like roaring. And he said this statement, I'll never forget. He's like, you know, this is either going to be a two-year prison sentence or a two-year training camp. And you can treat it either way. And he said that. And I'm like, this dude's crazy. It's just not going to go on for two years. And I'm like, damn near two mm-hmm. years. Like he was right, man. But I, I, when he said that, and I already planned to do this anyway, but I'm like, when he said that, I'm like, well, that's my option. Yeah. I can act like I'm in a prison and be, be sad and depressed, or I can act like I'm training and just like really put all my effort into producing stuff and helping people and doing the best I can. And that's obviously where I'm at. So I don't feel like I lost ground no. in my professional life. In your but like business life, no. In my personal life, yeah, because yeah. I didn't get to, you basically erased a year of me seeing people. All your plans had to shift and change. And Everything. Now we're trying to make up for it now. But like basically two years later, yeah. Because it's not like it just—it's not like a light switch. I mean, I haven't even been back to my hometown where I grew up in Washington. A shout out to anyone from Battleground, Washington. (laughs) Nobody, no one wants to go there anyway. I'm sure you know where it is. Yeah. Um, but I haven't even been back there in two years, so that—it's probably a gift. In August, (laughs) no. Probably a gift. Probably a gift. That's rude. Like. Winona is so much better. Uh, all these places are terrible. That's why we live here. No. It was so great you we moved. Appreci- it's, it's so great you moved away. Okay, there's things I definitely... You ever notice people say like, oh, my hometown is so great. Do you live there? Well, no, no, I don't live there. Oh, it was so awesome. <laughs> there's you had, you things I miss about it, and I do appreciate the small town lifestyle and how I grew up. It was an amazing experience, and I love going back. But yes, I'm happy I moved away just to be able to kind of do my own thing outside of everything I knew. Yeah, I, mean, I like I like things about every place, honestly. Like there's every area has something nice. It's just like what has all the stuff you want. And mm-hmm. Usually your hometown is probably not it. 
But if we're talking halfway through the year for you guys, if you're setting goals, if you feel you're behind, if you're a resolution person, as I'm just ripping through the resolution stats in a heartbeat, um, the most popular resolutions for 2021, exercising and improving your fitness, um, losing weight, saving money, and obviously improving your diet. Those are the big ones for most people, uh, which they tend to do at the beginning of the year. And this is just me just soundboarding to you guys. If you're a person who had a goal to exercise more, to lose weight, to eat better, to save money, how are you doing six months in? Yeah. You know, if your goal was, well, I'm going to make $100,000 this year, um, well, have you generated $50,000 of revenue so far? If not, obviously you're behind. If the goal was to save, you know, $10,000 like in an emergency fund, if you're trying to do that in a calendar year, if you're not at $5,000, obviously you guys are behind. And the key is not to feel the pressure of that, but just to audit and be aware of where you're at. And if you're not where you want to be, and if you punted those resolutions, why did you give up on them so quick? Why did you not follow through? And what can you do the second half of the year to push yourself forward? Is it to get a coach, to get an advisor, to be in a group with some accountability, to change your circle of friends, whatever it may be, that can elevate you guys almost instantly. And I know in the other arbitrary goals, people talk about like getting married, having kids, like being promoted at their job. They have these timelines on there. And I'm not a huge fan of the timelines. Like obviously if you want to set them in stone, that's fine. But they can be fluid too because obviously life happens. The key is I don't care if it takes you a year or five years as long as you keep making incremental progress every single day. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. It's not just like, well, I'm not where I want to be yet or I didn't really start or I took some time off and then you just say fuck it and quit. That's not what you should do. It's just identify why you're not where you want to be at today and then just do something every single day to kind of keep inching and moving forward and I think you'll be okay. Mm -hmm. And I just did this. I, so January I had set goals, um, with our 47 day transformation in the beginning. And then I had, so I reflected on it just before the 4th of July weekend or right after I got back and read through my journal of my goals that I had set for 2021. And so this the beginning of the year i had a lot of uncertainty with my job situation and then i got um, placed into a permanent role in march is when i started so it was kind of crazy the past what four months or so now and i just felt like okay i need to reevaluate do a midpoint uh, check-in with myself and review my goals see what's working see what's not see what i want to prioritize for the second half of the year. So I just wrote down really simple, basic goals. Uh, I think I had listed maybe six and I just put them in my home office above my computer so I could see them clearly and just have a great reminder. And, you know, it's okay if there's certain things that you just failed at, but you can just continue to make the effort to focus on them. And if it's important to you, you'll make it happen. Easier yeah. said than done, but... It is. And I think I'm a huge write down your goals person. And we've been over some of these stats before, but the people who do write down their goals are 20% more successful in accomplishing them as opposed to the people who don't. And you can pull up tons of, you know, global research on this. Uh, and also the people who set actionable tasks for their goals and they have like weekly progress reporting, whether that's to their peers or to like a mastermind coach or a group or somebody they tend to achieve 40% more than the people who do not do that. So the two biggest things, if you guys are looking at your year of where you're at in terms of saving money or paying off debt or getting fit, eating better, whatever it may be, 
If you write down the goals, 20% more successful than people who don't. And if you have actionable tasks, and that's why I say it's, it's almost like chunking, right? Like you don't look at something. It's like, how do you eat an elephant? It's one bite at a time. Like that's the phrase. You don't just look at it as a whole. It'd be like you looking at graduating college from day one. I got to get 160 credits. I don't have any credits. That's crazy. No. You Break just, it up. You just take your, your 12 to 16 credits a semester and you do one class and the next class and the next class. And in those courses, you're doing work every single week that builds up to you, to the midterm, to your final. And it's the same thing here with goal setting. So the people who have weekly progress reporting to somebody that they're accountable to tend to achieve 40% more of their goals than the people who do not. That's a huge percentage. By you just being in an accountability group or having a husband or wife or a coach or someone that not only sees your goals written down, but you check in every week. And that's why I do like the small stuff. It's like everybody is so concerned about the scoreboard and the end of the game. That's fine, but you got to play the quarters. Mm -hmm. Win quarter one, win quarter two, win quarter three, win quarter four. If you just win each quarter, you're going to win the game. So if your goal is to, to save $52,000 a year, well, if you're saving 1000 bucks a week, you're going to be on track. If one week it's more cool, then the next week can be less. But if you can keep on that same pace, that's the key. If your goal is to lose 50 pounds in a year, if you're losing about, you know, four to five pounds a month, you guys are going to be okay. And it's the simple stuff you're doing. And then there's, there's all those little metrics that go into those goals. But just by writing them down and having some smaller checkpoints, it makes it seem you know, way more consumable than just looking at it as this massive end goal and I'm starting from scratch. It's too daunting to do. Right. Well, and it's like, don't get discouraged if, um, you know, you set a goal of eating healthy and you go on summer vacation and you ended up, you know, splurging a little bit or a lot, maybe one day, but just remember the next day is a new day. You can start again and just don't get so consumed by being perfect, you know, just continue to, and I've had to learn this and I still struggle with it at times, but just the progress and little, little tiny habits and little changes will, will add up and you just have to continue to remind yourself of that. Well, yeah. And you don't, again, what you do one day doesn't matter. You know, it's it, just if it continues it, to be a consistent pattern, that's where it can get you into trouble. Yeah, if you work out super hard, like you come in here today, we did this terrible Sunday Advanced Metcon, and you killed yourself and you worked super hard, but you did nothing the rest of the month, that workout really doesn't do much for you. It does a little bit, but not much. Just like if you went home today and just you know shoved pizza and cinnamon rolls in your face for three hours, <laughs> if every other day of the month you ate perfect... It's not going to make that big a difference other than you'll be bloated and probably shit your pants. But short of that, like you're going to be fine. It's what we do most of the time that matters mm -hmm. most, not those little one-offs where people are so, you're your own worst critic and you're so harsh on yourself. It's okay. But in, in, the, in the same sentence, if you're messing up consistently and always giving in and always going out and always eating and drinking shit and always selling yourself on a reason why it's okay to celebrate and party and have fun, then you can't be mad when you haven't reached your goals with your physical body. There's give and take there and there's a balance. I don't know where it is for you guys, but if most of the time you're doing things right and once in a while you have some off, that's totally okay. It's called being a human being. Right. And that's what I think vacation and some of your stuff is for. And you can still be active and you can still eat good most of the meals, but you can eat some shit here yeah, and there. Yeah, enjoy your life. <laughs> I know I do on vacation. <laughs> yeah. But I'm also very active and for the most part I try to eat healthy, but then I'll indulge in the things that I want to which you should mm -hmm. that's life what's your um, 
someone are we going to do the Q&A questions or you want to go through all these yeah well it just makes me come to this question um what's you your favorite summer treat or vacation meal someone was asking like what the cheat meals are uh you can go first well, I love good local pizza, or I put Burgerville. Oh, <laughs> Burgerville is like a Northwest. It is not good. I mean, I ha- honestly haven't had it in a couple you years. You know it's not. And I love In-N-Out Burger, so uh, I-, I don't do In-N-Out all the time. In-N-Out's but better. Five Guys is better. For I'll sure. be curious. I'm going to get Burgerville when I go back and see, see what I think now, but... Um, but I love like local ice cream shops or like a chocolate at the beach. We're going to, so on the Oregon coast, there's all these like chocolate factory little, you know, in beach towns, candy shops. And I love getting a haystack. Do you know what that is? It's like, no, it's like coconut. Sounds like some hillbilly shit. No, it's like chocolate. This is a house of learned doctors. It was a bunch, bunch of it's hillbillies. Like toasted coconut and covered in um, dark chocolate. Sometimes you can get nuts in it. And it just looks like a little haystack, and it's mm. just amazing, like haystack rock. <laughs> uh, I'm from Minnesota. The state fair they deep fry Snickers, so that's the kind of world that I'm coming from here. So not healthy. Well, but. I know what your favorite summer treat is. Uh, back in Winona, which you just had. Blado's Donuts is the best donut place in America. I think that's like voted for surely Minnesota. It wins hands down every year. I've told this story before. This donut place has been around for like 80 years. If you're not from around here and you go in there, you it's like if you watch Seinfeld, it's the soup Nazi. That's how it's run. Now, they're way nicer than that, but you can go there the minute it opens. There's a line of 100 people. I'm not exaggerating. It's, you know, you're, you're talking at least, if you get lucky, maybe there's 30 people deep, but you're probably like 100 people in. And you walk into this place. I'm not kidding you. Not one thing is labeled. There's not one donut with labeled so what flavor it is, what what it's filled with, nothing. And there's not a price listed on anything. There is not one, like, you know, you go to In-N-Out Burger, they have a menu and it's super basic. It's like, here's a burger, here's double-double, here's fries. They have like 10 so things. So simplified. This place doesn't even do that. Yeah, I, like you step back in time going in there. <laughs> and it's so cheap. Uh, and you kind of have to know like what you're ordering and i think like they do a different filled one like every day of the week i think which i don't know the days but i walk in and get my same basic stuff but it's so fast you feel like the social pressure uh to go in there and it's like you know a dozen donuts is like 13 bucks or something crazy here it's like 40 dollars if you go to any of the places but uh it is the best for sure and it's tasted the same since i was like you know my whole life since i was a you know five-year-old kid and probably had it for the first time and you got rocco's pizza too uh yeah i just can't like I like everything everybody else likes. I just can't eat that stuff, man. I know. It just fucking rocks me. So if I would say my favorite like cheat that I feel fine eating is like a basic burger and french fries because it's, it's about as close to From nat- in and out. natural. Yeah. I do love Roaring Fork. We haven't oh, been yeah. there forever. Um, I was just thinking about it, how we need to go and get... I love their fish tacos and then... Um, everything. Their mahi they- tacos and then... That was it called Big Ass Burger you get? Yeah, their Mexican street corn is good. Everything they serve there is good. Um, I think we have a gift card. We have so many gift cards we haven't used. I know. But yeah, if it's summertime, it's probably that just because I eat donuts like once a year, basically. And uh, 
the, it's the stuff you grew up on, right? Like that you, you probably remember. Dairy Queen. <laughs> how it was. I haven't had Dairy Queen in so many years. It does always remind me of summertime. I thought about going, but I like I just haven't eaten real ice cream in so long. I'm like, I probably feel like I know. garbage. Same here. Like we both are sensitive to dairy. But like a, like a cherry dilly bar. I remember eating those as a kid. Oh, I don't like cherry. I like chocolate. <laughs> I like the cherry. It's like so, again, like when you eat that, you know how your brain's programmed? That's not cherry. Mm-hmm. Like you eat a cherry and then yeah, you taste yeah. that. That's not what cherry tastes like. You know what I do love though in the summer is Hawaiian shaped ice. Our my mom's best friend owned like a coffee business and like kind of like a food truck business yeah. and Hawaiian shaped ice. And so I used to that would be my summer jobs like in between I'd work a couple different jobs and that was one of them and it was so fun. But true Hawaiian shaped ice like not just like a snow cone you get. At the lake, it's like... I used to like those Mr. Legit. Freeze. Like the Mr. Freezes. Yeah. Those are always yeah, those legit. Are good. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, honestly, you guys, when I do these things, like eat these um, like bigger meals and cheat meals like this, I don't eat anything the whole day. And then I eat it. And I, I'm super active and I stay super hydrated. I just have to. I, I still want to feel good when I do kind of go out on a limb. So I, I don't just go crazy and eat, you know, obviously I only eat once a day anyway. But I wouldn't eat a normal breakfast, a normal lunch, and then go to my right. my favorite donut and pizza place and eat that. It's just... Too much. <laughs> and, and I'm not even talking about calories. And none of this is... I know sometimes when people hear me talk, I think they think I'm talking yes. about calories and like how I look. It's, it's not like that. literally being physically ill, sick. Yes. Like can't get up off the couch type of feeling. I don't want to feel like crap because I can manipulate how I look. We're f- so far beyond that. I've been doing this for so long. That's not even debatable. It's just... I don't want to give away a whole day of feeling like garbage. And for me, the fasting and being hydrated helps a ton. And being active when you're going to have a surplus of calories. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least that works for me. I'm not telling you what to do. I just know when you're really having this abundance of food and you're packing it into your intestines and your colon, it's just a recipe for disaster. And just learning about your food sensitivities, I think, is so helpful. And then that way, you know, you can kind of plan around it. Okay. Like I do feel sick typically after pizza as well. Well, and because you're eating so much. Yeah. Um, Or if it was like legit ice cream or something, a lot of sugar and dairy. But I just have to plan around it too. Like now at 35, it's just something I have to live with. (laughs) And so (laughs) hopefully that answered your question. I just know at this point in my life, I'm obviously way older and I've been doing this for a very, very long time. I feel confident I can not overeat like I used to. Uh, I don't do that anymore. I, I, it literally never happens. I have a different level of self-control that I never thought I would have. And I don't, I didn't have this three years ago. So at 35, 34, 33, I didn't have this, but now I do. It's taken a long time to get to this place where I can, you know what, have some, you know, moderation skills, mm-hmm. I guess, if you will, which is it's tough to do. And I get it. It you is guys. so hard. So you try to buy or go out if you're going to eat these things and, and try not to, you know, if you know you're going to eat three donuts, don't buy 12, you know, because right. then you'll eat 12. Like, just don't put yourself in a position to get crushed. Even I saw that you ate a nothing bunt cake last night. I did. Those are great. Yeah. Those are easy. I could eat those, dude. They're nothing to them. They're so small, too. Mm-hmm. I bought Dave, too, for his birthday. Yeah, he'll be happy with that. <laughs> yeah, I can eat one of those and I feel fine. But I didn't eat all day. I can eat that. It's like the, the dense things I struggle mm-hmm. with. Like crumble cookies. God, I know. So things. good. 
and mess me up. Anyways, next question. Uh, advice on transitioning from tracking macros to intuitive eating while still hitting goals. Um, you want me to go or you? You can go. You know, it depends on the person. For some people, tracking macros is it's a terrible idea. Most people, I think it's a great idea. I'm generalizing here when I say that. I don't have a percentage. For some people, the tracking is too, you know, they're too neurotic about it. Uh, it's too restrictive. They get too... Obsessed. Yes. Yeah. And they go crazy. Like, well, I had seven carrots today. I'm like, Dude. And then they beat themselves up if they're not, you know, in the exact numbers they need to be hitting. Yeah. I need to be at 150 grams. I was at 144. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You're in the ballpark. And if you're eating real food, you're going to be okay. I think everybody starting out who has a ton of weight to lose. And if you have like some kind of eating disorder or this isn't going to work for you, then obviously don't track the macros. Don't don't take my advice on that. But for most people, I do like the education piece of tracking macros because you start to learn what's in food. And you have a checkpoint. You have something. Yeah. Starting point or a mid, you know, checking in point. If you aren't seeing progress. Well, how do you know if you're, if you have no idea, you know, what's in six ounces of chicken or what's in 10 ounces mm-hmm. of bison and you're going to eat randomly and how, do, how are you going to get enough protein in your day? If you're a person who doesn't like to eat meat or complete proteins, you're probably like at 40 grams a day. If you're supposed to be at a hundred, I think you need to track it up front. Or if you're a person who has no nutrition knowledge whatsoever and you're trying to stay under 150 grams of carbs, but you're eating, you know, two bananas and two cups of oatmeal for breakfast. Like it's yeah. really hard to drive your car from Los Angeles to New York without a GPS and a map. And essentially macro tracking is your GPS and it's a map for you to get from point A to point B. It's an education tool. I think it's great to like learn about food and and the micro and macronutrients and just have a good understanding of that in the beginning and then you can kind of figure out what works for you and and try moving into intuitive eating where you just are more about listening to your body and how you feel and your hunger cues and not being so focused on tracking for numbers well it's again i use the driving analogy because it's probably the one that mirrors the most at first when you move to a new city you don't know how to drive anywhere So you plug it in the GPS or Siri or Google Maps tells you where to go. Eventually, you don't have to turn that on anymore. That's what your macro tracking is. At first, it's a guide to help you. And then when you start eating on a routine, you're eating probably about the same foods, probably at about the same time. You kind of have a general idea of what is in every food, what a protein, what a carb, what a fat is. Then you can just kind of eat on your routine because like, okay, I'm I'm probably around 1,500 calories. And if you start to gain a ton of weight then obviously something's off. You can always go back to the tracking, but if it's real food and mostly protein, produce, water, and you have a rhythm and you feel good, then you can kind of shift away from looking and tracking everything. You can glance at the numbers just to have a general idea, but you don't have to be so neurotic where you're tracking every single bite of asparagus. I think that's overkill. Everybody graduates away from it at some point. I did it for five years on pen and paper. I did it when my fitness pal started to help people out here, but I haven't tracked macros in I would say at least like seven years. And I feel like I'm yeah. the healthiest and the leanest I've ever been by far. I'm the oldest I've ever been and I feel amazing. And I like wake up and I'm like, this is the shape I used to have to like diet down to get into when I was 28 right. for magazine shoots and photo shoots and video shoots. Now I live in this mold every single day and I track nothing. It's amazing. Now it's taken a long time to get there, but everybody eventually can graduate 
if you're seeing the results and you're most importantly feeling good, moving good, and then obviously looking the part. And then this one kind of goes along with it, how to be at a calorie deficit, tips on how to meet it. So I guess it can get confusing if you aren't tracking how active you are and how many calories you are burning. And also at the same time, if you aren't tracking your food, it can get confusing on how to be at a calorie deficit. You're staring at me like a crazy person. Yeah, uh, you have to track it at first. You just do. Um, you have to set a baseline. What we do with our people who come into our, our programs, our nutrition coaching programs, which I got a ton of people to go through today, who are brand new. When they're starting, we have them track what they normally do for probably three, four, or five days. So I can see a baseline. I tell them not to do anything crazy. So do what you normally do. So if you normally drink 10 beers and eat you know, chicken wings, do that today. So I can see what you're doing to get an average baseline of how many calories you're eating per day and what the macros generally are. Don't do something crazy and just eat salmon and Brussels sprouts for five days and then show me that. That doesn't help me. I want to set a baseline of what you're doing every day. So if you're a person who your weight hasn't changed and we look at your calories overall and it's 2,500 a day if I'm just making up a number, we know that's your maintenance level. If you're someone who's gaining weight consistently week after week and you're eating 3,500 calories, we know that's putting you in a surplus. And if you're someone who's losing at 2,500, obviously that's a deficit for you. Once we know the baseline, then we can adjust it and say, let's take out 300 calories per day or 500 calories per day. And we can diversify those through the proteins, carbs, and fats. Most people, it's cutting the carbs and the fats down because the proteins, if I'm generalizing here, don't need to be taken away. And once you do that, you track it for another week and you can see, okay, I was at a 300 calorie deficit every single day and I lost a pound. So that's kind of how you set yourself up. So you have to first set a baseline of what you're doing. Is your weight going up, going down, or is it staying the same? And then you have to adjust. Most people, if the numbers are big enough, a 300 to 500 calorie deficit per day and track it from there should put you on a trajectory for fat loss. And then obviously the goal is to gain weight. If you're at a 500 calorie surplus, that would be the same thing. The gaining weight is probably the more looser of the two, just because, again, if you're a young dude and you, you want to be, you know, Arnold, basically, you're going to shove your face full of a ton of stuff. That's what I used to do as a kid. I'm like, I'd eat at least 3,500 calories per day, every single day to get from 170 pounds to like 180 pounds. And I just kept going up from there. And then eventually I got older and muscle maturity and my metabolism and, and you know, life kind of slowed down. But if you're trying to be at a deficit, get a baseline, figure that out first, and then three to 500 calories underneath that. And you can look at what you burn during a workout. I would say don't put it in my fitness pal. I don't like doing that because I think those trackers can be off just as food labels can be off up to as much as probably 20%. So it's just being diligent about it, but really I do think, and then stepping on a scale like once a week too is going to be a good metric. That would be how I would set up the, uh, the calorie deficit question. Hydration, caffeine, and eating around a workout. There wasn't really many, uh, there wasn't specifics around this question. What so. do you do around your workout, <laughs> Heather? Well, I definitely have coffee um, before I work out. I just have to. I have to <laughs> have the ca caffeine boost, especially if I'm working out in the morning. Yes. Which typically I do. Um, and then I always drink. A t I don't measure how how many gallons of water, but I drink a, a lot. lot of water. A lot. <laughs> Especially living in Arizona, you just have to. Um, 
what was the other caffeine eating around a workout? Yeah, what's your eating like for working out, pre-workout, post-workout? So I always try to eat my first meal after my workout. Um, I would say majority of the week, that's what I do. And what time do you usually work out? Uh, 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. And then I've been trying to eat around 10 o'clock my first meal, um, which typically that's when I'm hungry. And what do you usually eat for that first meal? I already touched on this, but usually... In a, a podcast. Was I not listening? A recent podcast. Oh, you didn't talk. These guys aren't listening to that. <laughs> They're listening today. But usually, like, uh, Monday through Friday, it's, like, eggs and or chicken sausage, um, maybe a little bit of oatmeal and chia seed, or, um, like, a rice cake with eggs or chicken sausage, I would say. So pretty light, simple. Protein, maybe some carbs, some mm-hmm. fats. Good yeah. to go. Some nut butter on the rice cake or in my oatmeal. Does anybody eat rice cakes without peanut butter on them? I think you're weird if you. I feel like that's the. I mean, I do eat them plain if it's like an apple cinnamon one. I've never done that. Oh. I don't think there's a purpose on this earth for rice cakes other than just having the, the protein be on there for sure. I just love the crunch. Did we lock the door? Um, I'm not sure. Why? There's people driving by. I want to make sure they're not going to stop in. Well, if they walk in, okay. this podcast room. So answer the next one. Just, and just I'll check it. I'll answer this question. Heather's okay. going to lock the door in case crazies come in here. Um, yeah, so for me, um, yes, I always am hydrated for sure. Um, I do drink coffee always before the workout, and I don't eat um, pre-workout ever. Uh, only eat definitely post-workout. Uh, for me, I wake up at just before, obviously, 4 a.m., so it's super early. And I'll always try to do at least uh, a 50-ounce uh, bottle of the giant uh, waters as I'm going to work, like kind of go through my work day. Um, I'll do at least 100 ounces probably before I even start training. And then I'll do like a zero-calorie, kind of like a Powerade or something. And then I will do coffee every morning for sure. Usually it's just black because the awesome coffee shops I like are not actually open when I drive myself to work every single day. So I'm always on black coffee, water, and then probably like a zero calorie drink. And it is super hot here. And so if you don't drink water here, even if it's like just a little bit, by the time you get home, you're kind of peeing battery acid. I mean, it gets pretty dark and it gets pretty gross in a hurry just because you sweat here so much. By the time we wake up, it's a lot. So I don't eat before I work out. I only eat uh, after the workout. I feel better that way, honestly. Um, but I do think staying hydrated is key, and I am a fan of obviously coffee or espresso or the natural forms of caffeine. And when you guys are talking hydration, if you're dehydrated, I think it can drain. I don't have the stats in front of me. Uh, you could fact check me on this. It's I think it drains like 10% of like your strength, or maybe it could be even more if your body is dehydrated when your, you're training. Like energy, or what do you mean strength? Like you're phys- like you're physically oh, 10% wow. like not as strong as you normally would be. I'm almost positive that's it. Like how hydration affects. Uh, basically your training so uh that's me pretty simple but Mm -hmm. uh, that's what i do do you need a warm-up before workouts how do you know when your body's ready to start uh i always think you should definitely stretch even just for 10 minutes at least and get your body loose before you do anything yeah i mean if you're 14 maybe not but even then you should do some movement prep yeah i'm a fan of obviously mobility if you guys watch my instagram story I do mobility 365 days a year, even if I'm not like in the gym training, if we're traveling somewhere, we'll always go through the flows. I'll do pigeon stretch, Spider-Man steps, inchworms, 
if I have access to like a Theragon and a foam roller, we'll always use those. I'm a huge fan of movement prep. So if you're going to do like bench press, and even if you were super lazy, just doing inchworms, throwing in some yoga push-ups, throwing in some T push-ups, uh, maybe some arm circles, uh, seal jacks, jumping jacks, just to get the shoulder girdle open, open up the T-spine, let the anterior shoulder pec stretch. Those are huge things to do. So I'm not saying you have to go through an hour-long mobility flow every single workout, but you know if you're going to work your legs, you should probably stretch your hamstrings, your quads, your hips, get the glutes turned down, let the Achilles and, and feet kind of move through space a little bit. It's crucial. Otherwise, you're just going in cold. And I'm trying to think of an example. You wouldn't wake up out of your bed and just go into a dead sprint. It doesn't make any sense. You would let your body get loose. We're the only mammals that don't stretch before movement, as far as I know. So if you watch your dog when it wakes up in the morning, it like does a downward dog. It does like a big stretch to get loose because it's going to go for a walk. You're the same way. It, if you think of it, like how tight the muscles can be, it'd be like you taking a frozen rubber band out of your freezer and you're trying to pull at the ends. It's basically what's happening. Like if your muscles are cold, they're not mobilized, they're not stretched, you're just yanking on them. And eventually something bad is probably going to happen, especially if you're pushing it at any kind of pace. So yes, I'm a huge fan of mobility, huge fan of movement prep. I have a ton of flows on our IGTV, on our YouTube page. It's just Jeremy Scott Fitness on YouTube. We have a, it's like 50 videos in a mobility playlist alone. You guys can subscribe. It's 100% free. You can watch it. I think we even have it in a PDF. If you want that, we'll send it to you. But you should be doing mobility and tissue work every single day because eventually, if you don't, something bad is going to catch up with you. It's going to Especially happen. for those of us, including myself, who have an office job where now more than ever I'm sitting basically 10 hours a day. Um, and I'm used to a job where I would have like a mix of going and driving to see clients at their office or going to my hotels, having various meetings throughout the week. So would break it up. I wasn't always just in my home office on my computer all day long. And that's what it is currently right now. And I'm struggling because I just cannot sit for that long period of time. And so I have to do mobility in the morning I also do a, a walk with the dog. I get up. It, it depends on my schedule because sometimes I have early calls. So sometimes I'll do a walk in the evening instead or during lunch break, you know, get up and stretch and use a band or um, a foam roller and work on my posture because, gosh, like I have had a corporate job for 13 years and I'm really seeing my posture suffer from it and, um, even when I just went to movement restoration for her, I hadn't had a deep tissue massage in like so many months. And she was just telling me about how bad my neck and my back posture. And I know a lot of you out there have tech neck or tech back issues. and Dowager's hump. Oh gosh, I know. It's so scary. And I'm just noticing what freaks me out too is kids. The amount of technology on their phone or their iPad and they're starting that at such young ages. What are they going to be like when they're our age? Because we didn't really have that issue until, what, probably the past 10 years? I mean, if even that, like 10 years ago, I wasn't, I didn't look at my phone the way I do now. Not even 10 years ago. But you know, like these kids are just That's what I'm saying, though. Over. But like, so I was already a grown man. It freaks me out for how many issues, like they're going to have to have surgeries, a lot of different surgeries, I feel like. For young people I mean, that grew up with technology, 
if you're doing everything else properly, you're going to be fine. The problem is people don't. Like now I'm like fixing my posture while I sit here. You like you could do face pulls with the TRX or a band every day. And I don't think that's an over exaggeration. You could do sets and reps of face pulls every single day. And I think it probably one of the better things you could do for your body in your life, just because we don't tend to work the rear delts, uh, the traps, rhomboids, the upper back of the shoulder girdle as much as we do the front, because so much of what we do is anterior focus, especially when you sit at a desk, you have T-spine rounding, you have obviously your lumbar spine is rounding, you're kind of pulling the shoulders forward. So it's shrinking. Um, It's the, the pecs are not getting stretched. The anterior shoulders not getting stretched. It's laying on a foam roller, like in a like a kind of like a crucifix position, um, kind of that T yeah, position. Yeah, that feels amazing. Yeah, doing uh, snow angels from there. Uh, hanging from a pull-up bar is awesome. Even if you just grab your probably your bathroom sink uh, with your hands, it kind of lets your head drop and just kind of pull back and let your head sink down, like a bent kind of stretch. That can help a ton. But yeah, it is a it's a lot for you guys. And if you're sitting at a desk, I, I shared something on Instagram yesterday, just a 90 second mobility flow. You could do that like three times a day, and even that would make a huge difference. Because odds are you're going to do it for longer than 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. You're going to find a spot that's tight. Like oh, it, it hurts, but it kind of feels good. Get the relief, and it honestly, it helps me break up. It helps me wake up and break up my day, and kind of gives me that refresh I need to get back to work on my computer when I do those mobility breaks. You start to, I don't know if it's crave it, but you realize how shitty you feel without it. You'll start to just, your body starts to crave it though. And every day you're like, okay, it's time for me to stretch. And if you guys make it a routine, it'll just become something you do where it's just programmed in. Like you don't consciously think about brushing your teeth. Like you don't have to write it down. You don't have to set a reminder. There's no post-it. You just know to go in the bathroom and you do it. Or if you put in your contacts, or if you floss, or if you do your makeup, whatever your thing is, you already have these little routines set. If you just make tissue work and mobility part of that, it'll become like this seamless thing. And what I've noticed is obviously I'm, I started this business when I was a very young man, and now I'm not that anymore. Um, my hair is gray, what hair I do have. And it's just like you start to feel like you're older because you have more miles on your joints. And when I'm in here and I show something at, you know, 530 in the morning, I show a lunge. I'm like, I take a step. I'm like, man, it feels tight. It feels like, I don't want to say painful because that's not the right word, but you feel like a little, a little shot, like yeah. a little twinge. And I'm like, oh shit, like my quads <laughs> are super tight. Or when I show us do a squat, I'm like, damn, dude, your hamstrings and hips are tight as shit right now. And so if I'm noticing that yeah, and I do this for a living every day and I do mobility every day, I can imagine what you guys feel like when you wake up on a Wednesday. So that's why I preach about it so much because I do think it can save you from so many problems. And I've talked about this a hundred times. When you look at nursing homes, most of the people there, about 75% of them are there because they can't use the toilet unassisted. So that means that A, they're probably obese and two, they don't have the mobility to get on and off the toilet unassisted by themselves. Or they're so frail, like the women that have they never strength trained, never strength train, and so their their bones deteriorated, and now they're just they can't even function. The only way you can have bone density is picking up heavy shit um, and moving it around the earth. You have to do that. You kind of touched on it, 
but uh, shoulder pain, what to do. That There was no specifics behind it, but uh, yeah, obviously I, the mobility, if that's not working, then go see a chiropractor or a doctor specialist. I would say like, if I don't want to bet, how do I say this without crushing people? Like a good tissue person will be the first person I go to. Or if you have a good chiropractor who's like a tissue first person, a mm-hmm. corrective exercise person, not just... I'm not trying to beg on chiropractors, but some of them must suck, dude. And they just like, it's like a crack mill. Like they just go in, they crack yeah. you, they see 300 people a day and they go. You don't need that. You want to find, because here's the thing, if they crack something and it feels better for a second, if the tissue around it is still tight and shit, it's just going to go right back to where it was in a day or two. You want to find the root cause. Why is this happening? How can I fix that? You have to really dig down and that might take longer, which it's fine. But usually that... Again, if it gets structural stuff, go to a doctor. I don't know. I can't help you. But if it's the tissue around there that's causing the referred pain because there's something like in your scap or subscapularis or because the shoulder is pulling tighter, whatever it may be, you, you want to find that. And I do think doing mobility drills, which we have tons of them on our YouTube, like I said, and even on Instagram, it can help. But getting that thing primed and loose, because there'll be times when I do stuff in here, like maybe it's a, a horizontal pressing, like so like a bench press. And I might do the first couple reps. And even if I did mobility, my shoulder, it just feels kind of tight. Like there's a little twinge in it. And then after like two sets, it's gone. Mm -hmm. Because you just had to stretch the tissue enough. Maybe I didn't mobilize as much as I needed to. So a lot can be said about doing, it is corrective exercise, but it's also movement prep too. And you have to be doing those things, especially if you know you have tighter trouble spots. And try like cupping. I know that's helped me in the past too. Yeah, Graston, Gua Sha, these, these professionals, the ones who are good, like we've had Trish and Bryn from Movement Restoration mm-hmm. on the podcast. They work with all the pro athletes here. They work with all the Olympians. That's who we go to. We go to the people where the best people on the planet go, who get paid They're for amazing. their bodies. It's so worth it. I And I went wakeboarding. I hadn't wakeboarded since last year. And I'm like, gosh, I'm really feeling my age because my shoulders, my entire body was sore. Um, my knee, I was scared for like the first time to like jump the wake which I used to always do (laughs) or attempt and I'm like it's just not worth it I don't want to be hurt Uh, and then I went sprinting at the track on top of that later uh, this week and so going to movement was just what the body needed (laughs) it was so painful though yeah so if you got a real problem get get on like a maintenance schedule for your body because you're it's like a it's like a vehicle, right? Like you're running the vehicle super hard. Eventually, you got to check the oil, you know, maybe rotate the tires and kind of do some some maintenance. And to have that on a schedule, I think is crucial. Um, this one we'll save for a different podcast. Twenty things you would tell your twenty year old selves. We'll do a different one. Twenty things. Yeah, because that's a lot. But um, I don't we'll, even know thing I learned twenty things. We'll have our own episode on that one. What's one thing you'd tell your twenty year old self? Stop caring so much about what people think. Boom. And follow what makes you happy. Everybody should do that. Yeah. What about you? What would I tell? Well, I didn't care what anybody thought when I was 20, so I already won in that battle. Uh, Probably just, you know, your life's going to get better, dude. (laughs) That's basically it. Like, if I could visit my actual self. My life sucked when I was 20. Um, And just be patient. It It sucked, dude. My life sucked, bro. It was terrible. You were playing. Yeah, but it wasn't like... I guess you, yeah, you were still in college. I was still in college, but I just didn't, I didn't have enough gratitude for it in the mm-hmm. moment. Because you, when you're young, you're just, you think. You don't have perspective. No. And even though I like, 
I met people who had it way worse than me. You just, I wasn't mature enough to understand like the, the moment, right? Mm-hmm. Like you just don't, you think like, well, I got to go to class. I got to, like, do you know how easy college is? Like, can I say it to everybody? I don't care who you are. Like, even if you're going to be a doctor, do you know how easy that shit is compared to like the real world? Yeah. <laughs> it is what, college is a, is a, no offense to anybody. It is a, it's a joke, dude. Like college life, right? It is a like you're when you if you didn't have to work and you just had even to if go you, to class. Even if you worked your part time job, which was brainless, which I did. <laughs> it, it, again, it might have been like I'm not saying there isn't hard parts, but you went to class at 10 a.m. I know. And then you got to go home and take a nap, and you went on on Thursday night, and you got completely lit up, and you slept in, and you skipped class on Friday, or you went to a football game and tailgated and drank beer for eight hours. Most people in the real world, that doesn't happen. And you think it's it's so hard. Oh, I got to study for this test. Like my college life is so much easier than what I do now, and mm-hmm. I work for myself for a living. So just to go back and say, hey man, like appreciate the simplicity of this, and appreciate it for what it is, and and these people in your life because they're not going to be around in the same capacity once this is over, and you don't know that when you're there. You kind of think like it's always going to kind of be this way, and uh, you have no idea. And I love my life and I love what I do for a living. And so many people leave college and they go work at jobs that suck and they work with people they don't like and they're stressed about their career and they don't like it. And then they look at college as like the best years of their life. Glory days. And that it sucks to look back and be like, man, to think the best time of your life is behind you and to not really realize like when you're in it, how, how awesome and how easy it is and just to appreciate it because odds are when you get older, things will get I don't want to say harder, but maybe more complex and messy. More responsibilities. So I'd have told myself, hey, don't be an asshole. Um, and everything that you want is going to happen, but you're just going to have to be patient and work for it. That's Good it. answer. Boom. What are your financial goals, personal goals, long term? This one. Well, probably going to drain my bank account and buy a bunch of lottery tickets and just see what happens. <laughs> you know, just kind of put all my eggs in one basket, you know. Sounds uh, like a plan. I don't, dude, I don't know. Like, it's that's hard. Long, like, what's long term mean? Like, 100 years? I know. 10 years? 20 years? Uh, I will retire someday from doing all of this for sure. I will and do I hope it. I to retire someday. Uh, I will do it way sooner um, than a normal person would work. I'll do it whenever I feel like I don't want to do it anymore because I'll have the money to do that. I don't know how else to say it. Like, well, that's my plan too. <laughs> That's it. Well, no, Heather's going to work until she's 59 and a half. No. Yeah. Heather is basically going to work till she's dead. And I'm going to be just kind of living the living the life. That's basically what our our goals are. If she doesn't know that or not, that's where. What are you talking about? I'm at. He no, loves to joke like this, but it's um, really not. Honestly, I don't know. Happen. Yeah. I just um I'm saving money for a handful of things, and we were invested in a bunch of different things across the board. I Honestly, after like the last two years, I don't really know what to say. I, I've never seen... It's a very confusing, wild time. It is, because... As far as like the market and... If you would have told me, and this is just me being completely transparent, like obviously, I have more money today than I ever thought I would have in my entire life, and it's not even close. I never thought this would be a possibility for me to own a home and be here and own this and have the money that we have. I never thought this could happen. And in the same note, I never thought that amount of money would seem so small. 
mm-hmm. in the world you live in today. Because now I live in a place where like normal houses here are over a million bucks. Yeah. Like a normal kind of like it's nice, but it's not like super crazy. Is like a million and a half dollars here. Am I safe to say that? Oh, hundred percent. If you're trying to get some sort of backyard, that's and that's so so bigger a, than what we have now. <laughs> like a decent, like a decent house here, million and a half bucks. Yeah, that's insane for a ghetto dude like me to think that that's. But that's now the world that we kind of live in here, at least in this ecosystem. So it's hard to gauge, and I've never seen the price of goods go up so much. Obviously, our retirement accounts have went up. The most have ever went up. The real estate we own has went up the most, but so is everything else. So it's hard to to know. What, and that's why. Well, you're really great about it, but um, having a financial advisor and we have a good accountant and people to help us, yes. mentors to Our learn with from. Super smart people, older, and, wiser. So we're just kind of, you know, hanging out. Um, just to see what makes sense. I mean, who knows? We might want to pay off this commercial building at some point. There's a lot of things or buy another one. Mm-hmm. And there's just a lot of things. I don't know. I don't know. I really, uh, I can't tell you. It's tough. I'm sure most about, of you guys. Oh, go ahead. No, are in the same boat. Like, it's just a weird, it's a weird time. I'm not willing to take on um, debt. So there's that. I'm kind of drew a line in the sand there. So I'm going to do everything you know, with investments and the money that we have moving forward. I just feel, I don't want to add more stress to my life. That's basically the biggest key. Money to me is a tool that uh, lets me do cool shit with people and lets me, you know, buy experiences with friends and family and do things that I never thought financially I would have, you know, or never be able to do. And And so we've always made that a priority and we just will continue to do that the rest of our life because it's truly fulfills us. And I think figuring out what fulfills you is, a good starting point and then being able to set financial goals against that. Yeah. I want my money to make my life easier and uh, have options and buy me more time and, and more sense freedom. of security and, and freedom. Not, I don't care about, I don't care about stuff, dude. It just doesn't And it's hard because I, you know, living here, like you mentioned, everything has gotten a lot more expensive and so it can get confusing and difficult, but um, yeah, we're still trying to figure that out and, Personal goals, I'm trying to think. Mm. <laughs> Heather has no goals, you guys. She's a complete <laughs> loser. She has no goals at all. What are your personal goals? We haven't really talked about it as a couple no, in a while. Honestly, like for, I mean, I have little things set every day. I just basically set small goals every day. Like how I'm going to eat, how I'm going to train. How Go I'm to gonna, a Vikings game. Yeah, how I'm going to interact <laughs> with people. Like we have, basically it's more just like experiences. Like, Okay, we're going to go to the Vikings-Cardinals game, and I'm going to buy front-row tickets because we never go to these events. And and how long has it been for everybody to go to a sporting event? It's forever. Very exciting. And so, like, if I have the money to do it, like, I'm going to... You only live once. ...sit in the best seats. And if I can, you know, do something else like that for one of my friends or just little things I have set like that. And, again, the dates are hard to iron down because the world isn't completely normal yet everywhere we would want to go and what we'd want to do, so... There's a lot of that, but we're just, I'm just trying to enjoy every day. Like literally tell people my goals are just to wake up and not hate my life every day and just try to help people the best I can. If I can do that enough, the other stuff naturally just comes to me and say, and we have the freedom for us where we don't have to plan a trip a year ahead of time. 
Right. If we want to do something next week, like we don't have kids, we don't have debt, we can just pick up and just bounce. We can be spontaneous and... Which is fun. But we've also planned it that way. Like we set aside money to be able to have that freedom to be like, okay, so-and-so is having a bachelorette party or um, I'm going to take a girl's trip or Jeremy's going to go visit his family. I'm going to go visit mine type of thing. And it's just... We've always set aside funds for that so that we don't have to have stress or we can't, we have to miss out on certain things. And it wasn't always like that. Like obviously when we first met and we were young and had no money, but we worked up to getting to that point and we communicated and made that an important goal for both of us. Yeah. And our goals are just to be, you know, nice to each other, like a normal, like I focus on the day to day stuff. I know people want to make these. I think what's hard to answer this question, like we were talking about the other day, it's everything that had happened this past year and a half. And then it's still, there's a lot of uncertainty with things. And so it's like, I can't even plan a year ahead. Like normally I like to kind of set goals for the next year, but I don't even know what that's going to look like next year. And it's just kind of a confusing time. Well, from this July to last July, it's two different worlds Mm -hmm. from January till now it's two different worlds in terms of like what we're doing and and how things have shifted for, for the better. This is totally positive, but it's just hard to, to navigate that because a lot of things I set out to do aren't possible at the moment, or at least not in the way that I would normally do them, but I'm just trying to enjoy every day and uh, take it one day at a time and have fun. That's it. (laughs) Work hard, play hard. Yes. That's always been one of my personal goals. <laughs> what um what's the next? I don't even know where we're at on this list. I've just kind of been bouncing around, but cool. depending on if any others that you wanna answer. Just give me one. I'm ready to go. Let's talk about mm, zero calorie sodas worse than regular soda. Or are they equally bad for you? No. Um, if you're gonna drink soda, do the diet or do the zero calorie ones hundred percent of the time. Uh, there's no sugar in them. It's yeah. pretty common sense. And yeah, there's chemicals, so that's bad. We try to limit how much soda we drink. Um, but you can drink a diet soda every day and you're fine. Yeah. I've literally done a whole podcast on this in great depth if you want to listen to it. It's like, are diet soda safe or is diet soda okay? Something like that. You guys can give it the full listen. I know some people are be like, whoa, Jeremy has this. Dude, do you know how much shit you are taking and putting into your body every day? Do you know what's in the lotion you rub in your skin? You have no idea. Yeah. Do you know what's in your deodorant? You have no idea. Do you know what's in your toothpaste? For you guys who put makeup on your face, to the shampoos. It's worse for women. Botox. The of chemicals. All these things. Like We've, We're moving in the right direction, but they still need to ban so many chemicals, and the FDA just hasn't done that. So I am not against you drinking like a Diet Coke at your dinner if that's Moderation. what helps you. Now, if you drink no water and 20 Diet Cokes, no. But if you drink a gallon of water a day and you're going to have a 12-ounce Diet Coke and that helps you from eating and drinking other garbage, I think it's totally fine. I don't buy into the, well, people who drink diet soda eat way more sugar. Well, I drink diet soda and no, I do not. It actually helps me. Mm-hmm. It curbs like the appetite. It, it satisfies that kind of pain, pleasure, that sweetness that I would get from eating cookies or cakes or something else. So I'm okay with it. I'm not a fan of the full sugar stuff just because macro-wise and it's just... I don't, I don't subscribe to that. So I think if you're going to do it zero or that, but obviously in moderation and you don't have to do it all day, every day. When to take the greens before or after workout. I know for me, um, 
I usually take it in the morning. I would say after a workout, I usually do it. But then there's days, it really just depends on the day, but I would say most of the time after a workout before I've had my first meal. And I do love to just do cold water if I'm in a hurry um, and squeeze fresh lemon in it is really tasty or I'll make a smoothie and put it in there. Oh, athletic greens. Yeah. Uh, I do mine. I think that's what they're talking about. That's athletic greens. T- you, they just said greens. It's the only kind of greens there is. <laughs> Athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott. Get the hook up. Uh, I make my greens as I'm making my first meal, uh, historically. So it's the first thing that I basically drink and eat that has calories in it for the day. So as I'm making, you know, steak or whatever I'm doing for dinner, I will just shake up the greens and I will slam them. It's easiest for me. I tend to eat the things that I am, I don't like the most first. I, I like a little kid would do. So like you, you parents out there who are like, oh, eat your vegetables before you can have, you know, ice cream. I basically do the same thing for myself. Like I eat all the asparagus before I even take a bite of my steak. I don't do them together. And for some reason, I'm just more successful and I won't make excuses. And especially when you're your hungriest, anything tastes great. And so that way I'm like, oh, this asparagus is amazing. Even though it's like, it's just asparagus, doesn't taste that good. But if I'm starving, I tend to do it that way. And I do my athletic greens prior to that. But for some of you guys, if it's waking up first thing in the morning, if you're a breakfast person or it's just part of your routine, if you can do those types of things like your supplements or your greens historically at the same time each day, you're going to be more successful because it just becomes something you do robotically and it's just easier that way. Functional training for first responders. Yeah, um, really quick, I'm assuming I understand this question. I'm thinking because of, like, time. Um, I mean, if you're, a, I guess, is that, like, an EMT, a firefighter? Firefighters got time. Mm-hmm. Those dudes live in the dream. <laughs> it's a tough job, for sure, but you do get a lot of time yeah, to, a lot ja- of respect to Jack Steele. Yeah, I would not want to do that. It seems terrible, but. They do get more free time than like a police officer does because the cops like driving around where the guys are at the firehouse if you do have time to train. And usually the most of our friends who are firefighters have had like a legit gym set up there, like tires. Did your grandpa used to work out in the firehouse? Yeah, dude, he was jacked. <laughs> you could tell. Um, yeah, I think they had like a tire back there, like sledgehammer. They usually have like a bench press, dumbbells, kettlebells. Mm-hmm. Most of them do. Uh, like our buddy Jeff, Brian, and those guys have. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I would say mobility for one. And then for you guys, yeah. I mean, you can do the bodybuilding stuff too, but I do think it's important for you to be able to transition. So to get on up off the ground with loads. So Turkish get-ups, kettlebell swings, uh, obviously like the tire flips. Any of those things I think are ideal. You know, when you're doing push-ups and lunges, the squats, burpees, those things, heavy pulling drills, uh, pushing a sled, pulling a sled. I think all that stuff you know, is going to translate to you just being overall functionally fit to do what you have to do. If, you know, God forbid you have to carry somebody, you know, out of a burning building or rescue someone or do those types of things yeah. where you have to, you know, you're doing bear crawls or rope climbs, all the functional stuff you would do at your job. And not to say you can't work on the vanity muscles. Those are important too. But I think integrating that into your daily life is going to be key. And I can't say enough about the mobility just because you guys wear, you know, you have to wear these suits you have a helmet on, you're carrying stuff. It's a lot to put in the body. So doing things, I don't want to say Murph, that's not the right, you know, protocol, but doing things with the weight vest, doing things with the heavy bag, I do think those can be beneficial for you and probably translate really well into your, you know, your daily, uh, your daily job. 
And then this one was advice for brand new trainers, health coaches, which I know you've touched on in other episodes, but. Yeah, uh, sell real estate, sell insurance, work for a hotel company, um, don't do fitness. Is that, is that, is <laughs> Unless that, you're crazy. <laughs> is that bad advice? No, the young guys out there, man, it's, it's just depends what you want to do. There's so many, that's such a blanket statement. There's so many avenues you can go in health and fitness. Do you want to work for Lifetime? Do you want to work for Equinox? Do you want to work for a mom and pop place like me? Do you want to be, you know, me? Own your own gym. Uh, do you want to train people online? Do you want to train people in a brick and mortar? Do you want to do the hybrid approach? Uh, do you just want to do Zoom stuff? Do you want to do nutrition? Do you want to do functional fitness? Do you want to do bodybuilding style, bikini prep, strength work, CrossFit? There's a million avenues. What I would say is find what you like to do personally and what you're good at and then see if you can help other people do that and if there's a market for it. And is that the kind of people you want to work with and stuff you want to do? Now, I you know, come from the sports you know, background, strength and conditioning, to bodybuilding, to this kind of you know mixed bag life that I'm in now I like bodybuilding a lot there's a lot of stuff I love about it the old school stuff I grew up on it maybe there's the nostalgia of like Arnold and Ronnie and Jay but I don't like to train people that way I don't think it's the most beneficial for most people I don't think it's the the biggest bang for your buck and we do some guys come in here and we just do loading and I like it and it's fun but they have a specific goal for that we don't build most of the programming that style because I, it's not who we help and it's not who I can make the biggest impact for. I like working with the average person and having them come in here and want to not just look better but move better and feel better and be overall more educated. And then they turn into this, you know, kind of beast of a person who just, you know, like if, well, how old is Dennis? I don't know, 52, 53, 54. Like yeah. the shit that that dude can do and he's just like a normal engineer in his yeah. daily life. It's really impressive. And like his people at his job probably just see him like, oh, there's Dennis. He works out. But then he comes in here and he does stuff. And like the gap between like an, an average dude like him and the people he works with is like the NBA in high school basketball. Like that's how much fitter he is in terms of performance. And I like working with people like that because like when they came in here, not that they weren't fit and not that we did it for him. We just gave him the opportunity to, but they turn into just like these beasts of people and they still are normal humans. I like doing that. So if you're an, an, a new trainer, a new coach, you have to find what you think is cool. You have to find what you think is fun and what you're passionate about. And you have to just, just be the best at the craft of it. Don't worry about all the shit people worry about. Like be an expert in what you know. And create a community that has a purpose that matters. That's focuses on the right things about health and fitness and makes an impact like you were saying and do it because you like the craft of it and you want to help people and you think it makes a difference and don't just do it for money if you want to do it for money don't don't even walk into a gym just be just get in really good shape and live on the internet and sell people bullshit because there's a big market for people who are not educated and want to buy a pipe dream if that's the goal in short term you're going to make more money doing that like in a year but the longevity of it you'll never make it that's not sustainable people will find you out they realize you're full of shit you can't or really you're help gonna them. get burnt out yes. you know if you go that route and it's not fulfilling because you're not really doing everything else that that truly matters and, and fills you up versus just trying to make a sale 
And I don't think you can be a great coach on the internet if you don't coach people in person. I agree. I don't see how you can – you don't know enough. You haven't had enough, you know, hours in the trenches to actually like learn. Like hands-on experience. <laughs> it matters because there's things you'll never know and conversations you'll never have, and you don't get the same connection. As great as it is on the internet and as awesome as we can work with people and help them, it, it isn't – the bond is not the same, and I don't learn as much about people because there's things that are lost in translation. So if you're going to start out – do it because you love it and you really want to help people, not because you hate your normal job and you like to exercise. Because liking to exercise and liking fitness is not a reason to get into this as a business and coach people. It does not translate the same. And the odds of you building up, you know, a social media account to be hundreds of thousands of people and, you know, change the world, it's really slim, dude. It just really is. And I'm not trying to discourage you, but I didn't set out to do this this way. I did not foresee any of these things happening. I just wanted to put out good stuff every day that would help people. Be a role model. From the front. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to eat a certain way. I'm going to train a certain way. I'm going to live my life a certain way. Read the things I read. Watch the things I watch and try to help others. And if I could put it out in a way that's sexy enough for people to notice and it can really help them, that's what we did. And I did it for, you know, I've been doing it forever. 12 years. And then when people come in and say, well, how do I get my instagram to be like your instagram like dude i'm like do it for 12 fucking years dude consistently (laughs) and and do and put out really good quality shit that helps people do it the real way yes organic organic growth versus now everyone is like buying all their followers i feel like i don't want to get on a ramp but why would you buy followers so frustrating to me because i've seen it but why would you do that like what does it help you it's like it's like a fake it's like it's i mean my question is what's the conversion do those people those those fake followers they're not real no but do they actually do but they they do no they don't buy anything they're not they, what do you, are they actually gonna buy are they bots me? yeah is that what they do you no buy, i think it's actually real followers some of them so someone gets sold on like here like my stuff and they might not even like fitness mm-hmm. so what's the point of that i know it's just a, it's like buying an award it's like you donated money you know uh, to a college and they put your name on the building well it's like we're honoring you well, no you're not you bought it Mm-hmm. It's like it's fake as hell to me. Don't do that, by the way. And you don't need a bunch of people to follow you. If you're a new coach, you're a new trainer, if you have 100 people who believe in what you do and they're willing to give you 100 bucks a month, that's 10 grand, dude. Yeah. You might have expenses, sure, but maybe you're making 5K a month doing fitness. It's a pretty sweet life, man. Yeah. If you're able to help 100 people who really care about you and you really care about them and you can walk away with 5,000 bucks a month and you're teaching bear crawls for a living... You got a pretty sweet life, man. Don't complain. Hopefully that helped. Yeah, I think that's basically it. I have a question for you. What are you looking forward to next up for summertime? Um, not being 115 <laughs> degrees every day. Escaping uh, again. <laughs> yeah, I love it here. It's just, it's hot. Your birthday is almost a month away. It's hot. Yeah, my birthday. You're be cool. old. I'm already, I'm already old. <laughs> just, I'm older. Uh, yeah, that'll be cool. I don't mind going to Oregon we like in the it. summertime. Yeah. The, be- cool. the beach will be fun. We'll have bonfires on the beach. And we have a, a beach house. My family, we're all renting. And that will be really exciting to be with family. And you haven't seen your nieces either in two years. So Over two years. Mm-hmm. And then meet the new little one. 
Yeah, just anything fun, man. Really, I am. Um, like I said, we're going to go to the Vikings game, which is in September. That'll be dope. We've got to figure out your birthday, though. Uh, we'll do something cool for my birthday. We'll do a bunch of stuff in between there, too. I wouldn't mind going back to, like, Coronado or doing Dove Mountain at the Ritz. Or There's a lot of things I'd like to do. Now that it's starting to feel like I have a structure that's more closer to what it used to be, I can have some some freedoms. And I don't. I always could have, but the, what you guys will understand... If you ever come here, like on a Saturday, if you're in town visiting, you stop by the community here, the people, it's the hardest thing to keep together. Like to make money, I can do that. I'm good enough at fitness and what I do and, and smart enough. I figured out certain things in the game, but to keep a community here, it takes like every ounce of effort. It really does. Yeah. And to really help them, not just to keep them here paying. Cause that's not the point. The point is to actually help them and be present be and present, answer yeah. their questions, show up for them. And that took a lot of effort, especially like when we're transitioning, you know, from people coming into our business and leaving our business and people like worried about the COVID shit and people like traveling for summer. It's just been a weird transitional 18 months, which a lot of you guys have probably felt in your communities and your business too. And so that's taken a lot of effort and uh, time. <laughs> time on my part. And so now I'm to a place where it seems like it's kind of running you the way. It. You got to get I need it to start doing some things for yourself. <laughs> so here we are. So we'll keep pumping out the Believe podcast. Me, I tell him I'm, I'm on him all the time. <laughs> so we'll keep throwing these stuff out. We'll keep posting all the things for you guys. Again, if you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, there's 1200 videos there for free. We have all the guides. Like I mentioned, you can reach out for that and uh, anything else, but we'll keep uh, rocking and rolling. Hopefully you guys got something out of this podcast. You know, it's kind of a, a random, random collection of, uh, <laughs> of things, but life is good here. It's, it's other than it's hot as balls. Uh, I can't really complain. Uh, the next thing we have on the docket, uh, the 47-day transformation. I believe the next date is August the 16th, I think, is the kickoff date. Um, it's either the 16th or the 23rd. I'm gonna, I'll promote it like crazy uh, as we get closer. That's our flagship online program. We dig into all the pillars of fitness in great detail. If you guys are looking for something to really change your habits, uh, that would be the program I would jump into for sure. We pour kind of everything into it. So it is a lot. We have that going on. Other than that, just rocking and rolling and uh, having a good time. So if you happen to be on Apple Podcasts, just stop right now. Don't be a lazy ass. Scroll all the way down. Uh, drop us a five-star. Leave a comment. I truly would appreciate it. Um, share anything with a friend or family member, even if there's a, a couple nuggets in here you think they can benefit from. And uh, anything else you guys want to hear or see on the YouTube channel or on the podcast, let us know. Uh, we're happy to get to it. And like you see, we go through most of the uh, most of the questions we get. And if we didn't get to yours today, we will uh, in the future here shortly. And we appreciate you guys sending stuff in and all the positive things uh, you share with us. It means a lot. So Yeah, keep sending them over and we're happy to do more episodes. So you guys have an amazing rest of your Sunday, and until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.